0: Taylor Brown, welcome to the podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You're
0: welcome. Yeah. I'm a big fan of your work. Thanks. Yeah. I actually have a surprise for you. A little Ooh. present.
1: Oh my goodness. Yeah. How exciting.
0: There you go. Oh, mate.
1: <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Vegemite. That makes me so happy. Thank you. Where did you get it?
0: I have a network.
1: This is like currency. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's uh it, it is currency.
1: Oh my god! Yeah. I, everyone that I know, I just, I'm like, let me make you this golden slice of magic, fresh saldo toast, lots of butter, just a hint of Vegemite. And they're like, oh, I get it. Everyone told me that this stuff is gross. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not. It's magic.
0: You just have to eat it in the right way.
1: Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. What a, what a gift. Yeah. Unreal.
0: Yeah. Well, I love when you make the uh, Vegemite scrolls. Like they are, they're my favorite. They
1: are pretty magic. Like- I yeah, I get some funny feedback. Like most people love them. But somebody said to me the other day, where is the cheese? And I'm like, mate, I have put like four layers of cheese on those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we one of the drivers at work, he's an Aussie as well. Yeah. Um, and he had one the other day and he said it's the best Vegemite scroll he's had in his life. Yeah,
0: so, they're yeah. delicious. I've had my fair share of Vegemite what? scrolls. But yours are the best. Oh, hands you. down. And-
1: I mean, it's croissant pastry. Two layers of cheese and Vegemite—like, where can you go wrong? Yeah, so. it's all the good things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, oh, mate, th- I should have brought you one. Sorry. Don't worry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do you have them in the store now?
1: I don't. I don't think we. Because um, I make them, I make them all at once, yeah. and we freeze them, and yeah. then we proof them and, and bake them on the day so that they're always fresh. Gotcha. Um, but I don't think we took any out of the freezer last night. But I'll remember next yeah, time. I'll yeah, send you yeah. a message. It
0: posted. It. Yeah, yeah. It send me a message because yeah, yeah, yeah. I normally direct. just I say thank you. That that's Vegemite
1: what I, scrolls directly to your inbox. I got the
0: hookup. <laughs> I got the veggie hookup. Nice. <laughs> that's good. One of, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on as a guest mm-hmm. of the podcast because I love what you've done with your business. Thanks. I, I I'm I'm a big fan of Mm tailor-made and i'm a big fan of people who have come to norway from another country Mm -hmm. in your case australia Mm -hmm. and have built something successful yeah so i wanted to talk to you a little bit about like the process that you went through to make that and uh it's
1: been crazy so
0: (laughs) first of all uh tell us what the name of your business is and uh, how many stores you have and what you guys do
1: so the name is Tailor Made because my name is Taylor. You know we love a good pun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have three cafes right now in the the building of the fourth, uh, and then I also have like a production bakery and a coffee roastery as well, which is on a different site to the cafes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm, and we've been I, I built my first business in oh, I had like an online coffee roastery in 2016, and then I had my first bricks and mo- brick and mortar in in 2017. Uh, I don't have that business anymore. which no. is also a story in itself. Um, yeah, because
0: I heard. I mean, I read about you actually. Mm. It was in like a, a, a newspaper.
1: Oh mate, it was a it was a very it, public.
0: Yeah, yeah, it went tits up, didn't it? It did.
1: It did go tits up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, I mean, do you want to like tell us what happened there? Or yeah, yeah, that, yeah, sure, yeah.
1: sure. Um, so. I mean, I've been working in the coffee industry for a super long time. I knew when I, I started working when I was thirteen, mm. uh, as I think is kind of normal for us Aussies. You know, yeah. you get, get the kids out there. Exactly. You w- you want to get every to pocket money, so yeah, you yeah. get into work. And uh, you know, I'm I'm from proper like lower middle class kind of Aussie. Mum's a hairdresser. Dad Dad was a butcher, uh, not a butcher. Like um, he worked in the in the abattoir. So yeah, and yeah. Where,
0: whereabouts in Australia was this?
1: Um, in I grew up in Wodonga. So like oh. mid between Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah, on so, the border. Aubrey, yeah, Rodonga, yeah, yeah. on the border. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: shit, that's pretty rural.
1: Super rural. Yeah, I grew up on yeah. a farm, hundred acres, beef, really? beef cattle. Yeah.
0: Holy shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, um, yeah, started working when I was young, and I, I just knew. I was making coffee for, for people at the, at Muffin Break and I would have customers come back and say, you know, I only come here when you're working because you make the best coffee. And I just knew something in me. I was like, I, I just want to, I know I want to do this for the rest of my life. So at,
0: th- at 13, mm-hmm. you go bang, mm-hmm. that's it.
1: I knew even before I was working though too, because I just, I would look at cafes and I, I would romanticize the idea of it and be like, oh, I want to do that. So, wow. so
0: that you found your purpose pretty young then. I did. Yeah. And, and I it think was I'm
1: pretty lucky in that really regard. Lucky. Yeah. yeah. Because you can just put all your all your energy into, and I think if you know what goal you're working towards, it makes it a lot easier. So
0: The question of purpose is really fascinating to me mm. because I believe that if you understand your purpose and you utilize the years between 14 and 21 mm-hmm. to work towards that purpose, mm-hmm. by the time you want to start doing it, like starting a business or becoming an athlete or a singer or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you've got so many years of experience under your belt mm-hmm. at an intellectual level, which allows you to process information and... You know, your brain is a bit more developed and you can work towards that goal. Yeah, 100%. Did you you discover that purpose through people saying to you that you were really good at something and Mm -hmm. you gravitated towards it? Or were you really good at something because you just loved doing it?
1: I think it was probably a combination of both. Yeah. Um, Because I definitely was romanticizing the idea of like a cafe. Mm. But this is kind of before coffee was really considered to be... Uh, like a, a real job you know it was always like you were doing it as something else on the side of your studies or yeah. this is before specialty coffee was really recognized as a thing
0: yeah because coffee's uh, fucking taken off oh yeah for in the sure. last 10 15 years maybe
1: the specialty part of the coffee sector is is growing gangbusters every single year yeah and and you know i remember the conversation with my parents saying like you know but you know what are you to, What are you going to do when you work out what you want to do? And I'm like, I'm a hundred percent, even in school, I was doing like a, a traineeship. So where I would work like Thursday afternoons into the evenings as like working at this cafe and earning certificates and stuff like that. So um, and yeah, I knew like, as soon as I graduated high school that I was going to move to Melbourne and I, and I, you know, like I, I wanted to work at the best specialty coffee place in Melbourne, which, which I did. I went, <laughs> I went on the train, yeah. uh, and with a stack full of resumes and I went to the number one place in the like coffee, uh, guide Bible thingy. Yeah. Um, and then I lost my stack of resumes. I only dropped one resume off. Oh, shit. And so I was devo. Because, you know, this is before I could, you can't, you can't print anything else out. You know, no. this is barely, we barely had, um, I don't think we even had iPhones back then. No. Um. So I had to go like tail between my legs back to Wadonga on the train, like took three and a half hours. You lost the resumes. I r- lost the resumes. So, and I only dropped one. And it was at this one place that I really wanted to work at. Yeah. Like the number one. Yeah. And, um, and then I didn't hear anything. And then I was like, I checked my email two weeks later and, uh, Mark Dundon, who then became my boss, um, had sent me an email saying like, yeah, come in and do a trial. So wow. yeah, took my, went on the train, took my little sandwich, wore my Crocs, yeah. Uh, had a shift at the, at the cafe and got a job. And this was St. Ali in Melbourne back uh, in 2000 and 2008, 2000, 2007, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um,
0: wow. But there is something kind of, I don't know, like <laughs> Fate, fatalistic or some element of destiny or some element of just when you know that's the one place that you want to go to. like yeah. That's the one. Mm-hmm. And you don't have any other options. Mm-hmm. Like there's no plan B yep. when yep. you drop yep. all yep. your CVs off. Mm-hmm. So there is something t- to that element of like, I'm going to make it work here. Yep. Determined to make it work here. Like no, mm. There's no plan B.
1: I mean, the other crazy thing that happened is uh, not long after I started working there, they actually sold the business Yeah, uh, and they Um, like changed the name of the, they sold that original business and you know, they had a staff of like 25 people or something Mm. and they took three of us. They took me and two other guys to work in this little cafe in the city called Brother Boudin, uh, which is kind of like this iconic Melbourne cafe with these chairs hanging from the ceiling. It's still like one of the best coffee shops in Melbourne today. Mm. Um, And yeah, like the team of us three and we helped them um, like helped opening the next shop, which was seven siege, which, which was this like massive, um, kind of like i don't know it's like a specialty coffee melbourne um mecca like hub mm. um yeah it was brilliant being able to like be a part of that kind of foundation team with seven seeds and mark and bridget okay uh, yeah so yeah, how so old are
0: you here at this stage
1: i was 19 so okay so nine. then
0: you got to be involved in the process of opening a new place yep. so you got to see it yeah as an like employee first hand. F- yeah, yeah yep, yep, wow yep.
1: But also like, I was also young and dumb as well, Yeah, of <laughs> but course. also could, could work like crazy hard. So, yeah. um, but yeah, um, and just like very working for those guys, very inspiring. And they were real, like, um, I don't know what's the word, like they were on the frontier of, they were pushing the boundaries and specialty coffee at the time. And they're, they're still doing the same thing now. Mm. Um. But yeah, I just like wanted to learn, wanted to make great coffee, having a good life, and
0: did you like? Were you studying at the same time, or no, were you okay? Not
1: all all the all the eggs in one basket. Wow,
0: <laughs> that's it, huh? Yeah, we're yep. going for it.
1: But I just knew I <clears throat> I knew that this was this was what I was good at, and, yeah. I, and I knew that I I just wanted to keep on learning, and I was super hungry, and uh, just wanted to excel all the time. Honestly, like I still even even with everything that I do today. Being on bar making coffees for people and having a positive impact on their day. Yeah. Is literally I it is my bread and butter. I love it. I Mm. never you know, I think I'm I'm thirty four now. and I I just don't think that I have the, the stamina to be able to do these things anymore. Um, but it's still my favorite place to be. Yeah. Well, I um, guess you're so it.
0: busy with everything else as well. But,
1: you know, I feel like it's still the most important place for me to be is like be connecting with our customers over the bar. Yeah. And, you know, there's just something so magical. Yeah. Whether it be a donut or whether it be coffee, um, making something delicious for someone yeah. and watching them enjoy it. Mm. It is honestly the, one of the most mesmerizing and like uh, it just it quenches the thirst in my soul.
0: Wow, it's it's so you, really special. Yeah, yeah, you love watching them enjoy what you make.
1: Just just watching people like giving people joy through making them through your through your work. I don't know. I just think it's so incredible. I think you would probably get the same with the podcast. What, like when you get positive feedback on the podcast, like it
0: means a lot. It means right? it means a lot. And another yep. thing that I do is I do stand up comedy. Ah. Um, So one of the things that I love about stand-up comedy is you get that automatic response. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like when you say a joke Mm -hmm. and they laugh and the crowd just is having a good time, you go, ah, that was a good one. I made you guys feel good. And then it makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And it's this like cyclical, beautiful, I think it's a very human connection, comfort kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, it's magic. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's why it's like... (sighs) I find it very difficult for people to be able to succeed in something unless they have an obsession for it or Ooh. a passion for it. Because if you start losing the passion, then you just like you're, you're not as dedicated, and you know the people that you're serving or mm. working with, they just they sense it and they go, "You don't want to be here." Like we've all been to restaurants or businesses or places like that, and you've got yep. bads, and you can just tell they don't mm-hmm. want to be here. They're not into it. It's not their thing.
1: And what I think is quite interesting is that because of how interconnected we are nowadays how rapid via communication is. I think that, uh, you know, the generations coming are a lot more cluey mm. about stuff like that yep. than, than any generation ever has been before. That you can smell bullshit from a mile away. Yeah, it's true. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't want to work with people. I don't want to do things unless people are into it. Yeah. Because it's just so, like, why would you waste your time? Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> also, why would I want to waste time in my life doing something that I don't absolutely love? You no. Know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. too short.
1: But I, I feel quite lucky that uh,
0: You found your purpose.
1: That I've been able to like spin something that I love so much into a way that not only like I can have a have a good life, but also like a whole bunch of other people as well. Like I think that's so cool. Like
0: your staff and customers yeah, and Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Hmm. I mean I, I feel like this uh I'm kind of jumping from bit to bit, but um <laughs> That's what we do here. Yeah, um I feel as if I'm I'm not sure how your experience has been, but um I feel like my whole life I've been a little bit of an outsider, mm. you know, got bullied a bit in school mm. and, you know, in my mid twenties and like uh, early, tw- late teens, early twenties, when I moved to Melbourne, I really found my people and I really found my place in the world, mm. but, you know, thrusting yourself into a new culture and a new country I, I felt like an outsider again. And I, I feel like no matter how much I integrate into the society, I'll, I'll always be a little bit of an outsider. So part of me building this business was that I wanted to to light a beacon a little bit of like everyone that feels like you don't have a place to belong, you're welcome with us. Mm. Um, and my sister even said this to me the other day because, you know, it's it's kind of funny when when you're the boss, it's actually you can't really participate that much in the business because you know you can't it's always going to be a weird power dynamic with your employees and with your customers as well like um I'm, I'm not on the bar every day with them. Then they know who I am, which is really brilliant. And we get to have great interactions when we see each other, but you know, you're, you're not necessarily like in that community. You're the creator of that community. Yeah. Um, and my sister said this to me, she said, I said, you know, I just feels a little bit lonely and I always feel like I'm, I'm the one that's like left out. And she said, Taylor, you know, maybe, maybe your job is not to be the person who is in the community, but the person who makes the space for it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I feel like I've gone to make is that like, if you're a weirdo, if you, you know, you don't fit in with other people, you're welcome here with us. Like this is a place where you can come in and you'll feel like you belong. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, it's this, we make coffee and we make donuts and we make other delicious things as well. But I think like the, the, the basic essence of it, is that I just wanted, when you walk in the door of any of our stores, that you feel like you've been transported into a different place. It feels
0: like that. It does. It does. Oh it really does.
1: Mate, that makes me so happy to hear that. I, I
0: go up there to the store in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. I walk the kids up there. Mm-hmm. We take the dog. And uh, when we go inside, I just, uh, I, I don't feel like I'm, like, especially when it's like weather like it is today, like a gray autumn rain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So much neon and so much colors and the donuts are so colorful and everyone's so friendly. And it just like, it just really does look like I'm somewhere else. Like, oh, I, you know where weird. it feels like I am? It feels like I am in your mind. Yeah. I feel like you've created this visual representation. Oh, you
1: just gave me goosebumps. That's yeah. so, so nice to hear.
0: Yeah. I love it. It's an experience going there too. Yeah. Yeah. It, like and, it really and
1: that is. that was the idea. I, I didn't necessarily want to, I wanted to make a place that was like comfortable, but also not a place that was <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that there's a lot of those places that exist already. Tons of them. Um, and you know, for me, the the idea and the reason why I took so long and I and I took so many years to to finally decide, okay, now is my time to do something, mm. is because I was like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to value add. Uh, I don't want to just emu- emulate, and I don't want to imitate, and I don't want to just build on what exists already. Mm. I want to create something new because, mm. you know, why would I spend all of my life learning from others, like, um, you know, getting better at what I do unless I was going to contribute. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but I, I'm really glad that you see it. Oh my God.
0: Uh, yeah, I see it. I th- and I think everybody sees it. You know what I mean? The kids see it as well. And like the youngest one is five. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was, can we go to Taylor? We're going go to go. I go, really? yeah, yeah. yeah. <gasps> hey, I can't get him to eat the Vegemite scrolls though. He wants donuts. I'm like, the he doesn't eat Vegemite anyway. Okay. I try. Yeah. I try to fucking force feed him Vegemite. He's not <laughs> into it. But he'll, he'll, he'll smash a donut like a legend.
1: Uh, you know, and I think one of the most, because I mean, my bread and butter is coffee, right? Yeah. Um, but I think that the donuts were always meant to be, I didn't want to just make a coffee shop. I saw that tons of people had made coffee shops and they just got the same shit as everyone else. Granola, brownies, cinnamon buns, and Mm. from the same distributor, they didn't make them themselves. They put so much love into their coffee Mm. and the food was always just an afterthought. Mm. And I was like, okay, I want to have delicious coffee, but I also want to have something that no one's done before. And I was like, well, you know, no one, no one in Norway has done donuts Mm. ever. Uh, and the people who were my investors, they said like, oh, you know, Norwegians are so health conscious. It's, it's never going to happen. Uh, and I was like, well, okay, well just watch me then, I guess. (laughs) Um, and yeah, the whole idea was that I wanted to make specialty coffee for everybody. Uh, you know, because you have to make a choice when you have kids. It's like okay, am I going to go to Tim Wendelboe or am I going to go to, to um, I mean, what's the place, Espresso House, you know, because, yeah. you, because they have something for your kids too. Yeah, And I was like, I want to make a space where you can be both and both be amazing. Mm. Uh, and, you know, the, the donuts are just this driver that bring in people who wouldn't normally see themselves as like specialty coffee consumers. Gotcha. And I think in specialty, like one of our goals in this industry is that because we have a little bit better – uh, would not perfect, but I would say like ethical guidelines about uh, the way that we deal with coffee, coffee producers, coffee producing countries, like the way we pay for the coffee, mm. uh, so that we want to grow this industry. You know, we want to have a bigger impact, uh, and so me being able to build a business that was successful and that could could grow, uh, it would then have like a flow on positive effect of all the suppliers that we work with. Yeah, um, that's so important. Yeah, making a space that's for everyone, being able to you know people drink our coffee without even realizing anything about it. And they love it. And they're like, I don't know why I like it, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, just because they come in for a donut and they're like, Oh, you know, I think I want to have a coffee at the same time. Mm. Or you have a slush. Like, yeah.
0: Why not? Yeah. You can,
1: you can have like a, uh, like a 90 point coffee, uh, like high, some of the highest quality coffee in the world alongside like um, an, a, an artificial cherry flavored cola slush. Like it's
0: great. Yeah. It you is. You can good. have it all. Yeah. You can have it all. So. Was, yeah. it, was it a challenge for you to launch your business in uh, Oslo as a foreigner?
1: Do you know what? I actually think that one of the reasons why I've been able to be so successful is because there's so much opportunity here.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: in, in my opinion, I think that the concept of Janteloven mm. is, is uh, it kind of squashes people's ambition.
0: And innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. And I think it's that... It's a weird
0: concept, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Have you guys... Have you spoken much about this idea before?
0: Uh, only with my friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm, I mean, maybe for people who, have li- who are listening that don't understand what it is, it's it's just this... It's like tall poppy syndrome, basically. Yeah. Like, you're not special. Mm. You don't deserve anything more than anyone else. Um, your ideas are not uh, worth uh, worth anything. It's, yeah. Um,
0: it's, it's not very inspiring. It's, I mean, I uh, it, I, appre- I
1: appreciate the the sentiment behind it, which is like everybody needs to come up together. Yeah. Um, but you know, if no one's pushing, the the masses, the group doesn't move.
0: Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Because you, you you need somebody to try to break through that yonder love, them so that everybody can move forward. Exactly. Otherwise,
1: yeah. otherwise you just stay in the same place. And and that was kind of what Oslo was like when I moved here in 2012. Yeah.
0: Uh, I wa- you know I wonder if like say for example the Janteloven mm-hmm. is something that has stifled innovation in Norway for a long time. Like when I I, I sometimes compare Norway mm-hmm. to Sweden, mm-hmm. and Sweden have like you know so many bigger brands like let's mm-hmm. say if like H H&M and M mm-hmm. and Spotify and mm-hmm. like the car industry and they had mm-hmm. Sony Ericsson and you know what I mean. And you, I, I don't really see a lot a lot of these big global companies coming out of Norway. And I keep thinking is that. A love and inspired I concept.
1: I mean, I have been a little bit around the like when I was starting the business and stuff. I was kind of in the peripheral of the startup community here, mm. and yeah, even um, it's it's almost this like shameful. I d- like people are, are hungry and innovative and entrepreneurial and it's just, a, it's got a weird thing around it of, of it being like slightly shameful or something. I don't know. I yeah. have no idea what it is. I
0: think it's changing now though. I think it is and too. I think there's yeah. like a culture for, yeah. s- for pushing innovation. And mm-hmm. I know then the startup communities, the places like mesh and, mm-hmm. you know, innovation Norway and mm. things like that. I think they're really, they're really trying to promote people like who want to, yeah. People mm. who want to make things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But um, but yeah, coming back to your question, I I honestly think that the reason why I've been able to succeed is because there was room for me to do so here. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's been really magic is that even from the first day that I had a pop up in my apartment.
0: Mm. Um, so that's how you started. You did a pop up in your apartment. I
1: did. So I was working. I was working for Tim. Uh, I moved here to work for him. He offered me a job when I was living in Paris. So mm. I moved from Paris to Oslo. Um. You know, I got to Paris because someone else had offered me a job to move to Paris and help them open some cafes. Ah. So yeah, I've made some people, the reason why this guy offered me this job is he said, I made him a coffee that changed his life.
0: Holy shit. And
1: you know, he's, he's not the only person that's said that to me before. I actually met someone last week. I was in uh, London to speak at the European coffee symposium. Mm. And there was a guy who came up to me and he's like, oh, you know. Uh, someone told me that you used to work at this place called Brother Baba Budan. He said, "You know, I had a coffee there nine, uh, like however many years ago." And he said, "I have talked about this coffee to almost every single person that I know." <laughs> he said that coffee was the reason why I've, um, you know, I, I started in the coffee industry. And this guy is working for this huge multinational coffee company. Um, and I and I said, "Oh, I wonder who it was." And he said, and he described the person. I was like, "Mate, that was me." I, I made like, <laughs> He's like this woman with his big red skirt, and I was like. Yeah, that was it. Was definitely me.
0: Oh, that's so, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Small world.
1: It is. It's tiny. Yeah. I mean, the coffee community is pretty tiny. So, yeah. Um, but no. So I was um, living in Paris. Tim offered me a job. Came to Oslo. Depths of winter, December 2012. Like it was minus 20. Oh, just before or the
0: Mayan apocalypse.
1: Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Life has never been the same since 2012. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, end of the calendar was a good year. Yeah. And then it's never been good again. <laughs> no, no, no.
0: It's all downhill since
1: 2012. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, so I, Tim's team, even though he has such an enormous international impact, he has a very small team mm. and, you know, there was a lot of people who've been working there for a lot longer than I have. And I was never going to get further than how f- I, I ended up, I was roasting on the head roaster there. Um, but I wasn't ever going to get any further. Uh, and Tim and I both have pretty strong personalities as well. So like just a bit of butting heads and I was like, okay, it's time for me to move on. I don't think there's anything else that's going to happen from this. And I was like. Once you work for Tim in coffee, there's kind of nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like that's the top. That's yeah. it. Unless you have your own company, that's it. So I, I was like looking around at a couple of jobs and, and you know, I just, it just wasn't figuring, nothing was happening. Mm. And um, I pitched the idea to a couple of um, big coffee companies here. Like, hey, I can build your, your own coffee roastery. I can save you this much money a year if you produce your own coffee and you can increase your sales by this much by having your own retail, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, um, in one of those conversations I met who became my business partner, his name is Yogan, Um, and he and I, um, started like working on some budgets together to pitch to his bosses at this coffee company. Mm. And then in the, like in those conversations, we basically went like, oh, we, we think about things the same way. Mm. I wonder how much money it would take for us to do this ourselves yeah. and what that would look like. Um, and then we were like, you know what, let's do this ourselves
0: actually. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. So we started, um, Taylor and Yogan, we started online and we launched in 2016 and simultaneously while that was happening, um, a a guy that I'd made coffee for at Tim Wendelbo said to me, I hear that you're working on a business concept. Um, I have these investors that are looking to invest in some business, uh, concepts um, we have this, uh, we're taking over this whole building site at Youngstorger, which was then like a derelict building site. Yeah. And he said, you know, I hear that you want to make a coffee roastery. Do you, would you ever consider having a cafe? And I was like, yeah, I would, but I don't want to make just a cafe. If I'm going to make something, I'm going to make it something really extraordinary. Hmm. And then that was when the whole thing with donuts got started. I flew to Melbourne and I did uh, like a stage in my friend's donut shop. It's called All Day Donuts in Brunswick. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to do- uh, learn how to make donuts. And then I came back to Oslo and I started working on them in my kitchen. It was like um, working on recipes, like coming up with flavor ideas and stuff like that. And because I always had so many leftover donuts, I used to take them on the 20 bus and like, yeah. give them away to people. I, just like, I don't want to throw them yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Course. and then so like uh the first pop-up i did i was working part-time at this cafe in Santa town called yava mm-hmm. and i did a pop-up on valentine's day i made like love heart shaped donuts that was the first one that i ever did and then about three weeks or so later i did a pop-up in my apartment for restaurant day
0: oh yeah i remember that mm-hmm. yeah. that was the first
1: well that was like kind of the first one um and the first i opened my door i'd been working all through the night I opened my door and there was a person, the first in line, there was a door like 50 meters long out of my front door of my apartment. And the first person was like, can I have 12? And I didn't have anything ready yet. And so I like, I got my husband and I, and some of my friends were in the line. I was like, can you help me please? Uh, So they came and helped me. And I think, um, I think we made like fourteen thousand kronor or something on the first day, and I sold out of everything. And there were people still showing up, being like, "I heard that there was donuts!"
0: Wow! So the news just spread so quickly. It was and crazy. you sold out like that.
1: It was crazy, and and I remember just like sitting on the floor in my living room. Yeah. Um, just going, like, what have I done? And you know, Jurgen wasn't involved in the donuts at this point. Uh, it was, we were kind of like doing the roastery. I was working part time. We do the roastery a couple of days a week. I do part time work at this cafe, and I was doing the donut stuff on my own. But then I would have a, a whole bunch of people saying like, "Hey, I saw you did this pop up. Do you want to do a pop up at our shop, or mm. our cafe, or our bar?" Or um, so yeah, Dimitri from Oslo Brewing Company was running the bar that's at Martalin, yeah. and he said like, "Hey, we have a kitchen upstairs. Uh, I'm American. I miss donuts. Do you want to come and do a pop up at the bar?" So we did, and I roped Yogan into helping me because Yogan was like, "Oh, you know, it just makes sense if we do if we run this through." taylor and jürgen because you know we can use the profit from the events to like bolster the the roasting you know at the time we were like shipping coffee to like 50 countries all around Mm. the world the the roastery had also kind of like popped off as well yeah you know we would we were doing some like really cool and innovative things with the roasting as well yeah we rented a roaster like one day a week and i'd roast everything and then we'd pack and send everything the next day okay yeah yeah so there was a lot going on
0: seems like though every time you did something in that direction it was successful
1: yeah but i mean the reason why is because i've spent you know i'm 34 i started when i was 13 at that point i'd been mm. working in the industry for 15 years and i'd cultivated a really good reputation because i yeah. do good shit yeah, you know exactly
0: yeah so, so you spent a long time getting real good at what you do yeah exactly. a long time yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're passionate about it so mm-hmm. that when you do something you have the experience people, and the passion and the exactly. skill
1: set yeah yeah and people people listen and they care and yeah i think i'm also like um, I've always been a big uh, believer that you don't just do, but you talk about what you're doing. Mm. It's and it's like it, you talk, you you share this share the journey, yeah. Rather than just do it, like you show the finished product, like show the process. Yeah, show the process. Yeah, so yeah. you get
0: people invested and in, on board, and they they like. They I mean, want it's,
1: it's not really the intention, but I I'm just one of those people. I think it comes from being. Like, just completely honest, like, probably a little insecure. Mm. And I just, I, w- I want to show, like, love me. Uh, look at what I'm doing. Like, I, I promise I do good things. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm the youngest kid in my family. And, and I spent my whole childhood, like, begging for my parents' love. So
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, it created I, I, that, like, chip on the shoulder or something. Not,
1: not chip in the shoulder, but I just want to show that I'm worthy. I got gotcha. you. You know? Let them know. Yeah, exactly. i doing good stuff. Uh-huh. So, yeah. and I mean, social media just ended up becoming, like, the, the platform with which I share and I try to be as honest as possible. Yeah. Um, but I think what's really interesting is that uh, the more common that social media has become, and, and I think the more that people use it as like an advertising tool, mm. for me, I feel like social media has become a little bit not genuine anymore because it's so – oh, yeah. people spend so much time um, like managing their image and stuff. And, and so it makes me not want to participate it, in it the same way that I used to anymore. Mm. Also because like sometimes people – misconstrue the things that you're saying and, and maybe they don't you know us talking right now uh, i feel like i'm saying something and hoping that you understand what i say every word exactly yeah but we're sitting here and but, i'm but looking but every, at you every, everything that i say to you is then kind of filtered through your entire life's history yes and every word and and you you know your brain is firing off different things um based on the words that come out of my mouth and you know communication is never just i say and you hear it's like i say and you filter it through your whole culture and history and all of those things so Mm. yeah and i feel like that barrier is is i just i just wish i could be direct yeah but it never is it never can be there's
0: another filter involved there's a lot more filters involved actually but there's another big one that's involved when people interpret your meaning through social media yeah and A big factor is the way that they're feeling at the time Mm -hmm. that they see your message. So if somebody sees a post and, you know, they've had a shit day or just Mm -hmm. argued with their Mm -hmm. wife, then Mm -hmm. they have that filter of negativity as they interpret what you're trying to say through that lens so it's it's all the past experiences including the experience that they're going through at the moment the
1: the current emotional state yeah 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 yeah. and it for me i almost feel like completely like just constrained by this yeah because it's if i can't get you to understand exactly what I'm trying to say, then I almost don't want to say anything at all because it's just not worth it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel I'm more I, and more getting into this feeling lately. So.
0: You know what I have to do? I don't have to do it, but I do it to try mm. to communicate meaning is add so many emojis. Yeah. I, 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 I add emojis to everything. Mm. Just be like, smiley face, hands up, love heart. Because sometimes I've sent things without things. And Mm -hmm. people are like, what did you mean by that? What are you trying to say by that? I'm like, oh, you misinterpreted it. you
1: know what? Even some of the emojis that we would read as something else uh, to the next generation, they also mean very different things. Exactly. You're not not meant to use the emoji laughing, crying face anymore. Apparently, that's like not the right thing to use. Oh, really? It
0: triggers people? The laughing one? The one with with the
1: tears. Like, yeah. You can't use that. Apparently, that's not acceptable to use anymore. Why? It's I the laughing know. emoji. Apparently, the one that's like the tears yeah. down the face is is the new like considered to be the correct laughing emoji. But oh, may- fuck that. Maybe I'm, I am also wrong. I feel like well, sometime- there's so
0: many different interpretations of everything. A, you know, I'm 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 never stopping to use that emoji. <laughs> I use the I use the emoji with the smiley face to the, the side. side and then laughing
1: boomer emojis yeah
0: exactly (laughs) 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 yeah it's just old guy emojis (laughs) Shit. yeah but you are right you know whenever i watch a video or something Mm -hmm. on social media or my kid shows me something go check out this i go that's 90 percent fake yeah like you know what i mean like you have to take you have to approach that like people go look at this video look Mm -hmm. what they have that's all set up Mm -hmm. look at the angle he's Mm -hmm. wearing a microphone Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so many of these things you just have to take (sighs) them with such a huge grain of salt
1: Exactly. And I mean, I think the I I've, I've been a big user of social media my whole life, you know. Like yep. you when know, when I was a teenager, MySpace top 8, you oh, know, for fucking the classic. Fucking flex MySpace. <gasps> exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think the older that I get, or at least how I'm feeling now, is that I really prefer to have um like be have intimate conversations with people yeah and you know invite people to my home and have and and not share that i'm hanging out with my friends mm. but have a small circle of friends that i that i am invested in their lives and that we don't share like we don't text very much even it's just like when i see you i catch up with you yeah. and that's that's when i spend good good time with you and i kind of feel that way a little bit with my customers too yeah i feel like I I talk I still talk to people on social media a little bit, but I think the the value that I find is when I'm I'm actually like face to face with you in the cafes and where I'm making course, you something and yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I think I think that I was, social media what it's become it's it's just different for me now
0: me t- me too and like I had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day I was like how many people do you interact with every day mm. like what's what do you think the number is because what kind of interactions I go all people in all areas mm. like mm. how many do you reckon yeah. And she's like, I don't know, I'm a nurse and I text a couple of people, like, I don't know, maybe like 10, 15. How about you? Today I dealt with probably 100 people. Yeah. And like so many people are texting me and messaging me Mm -hmm. and I'm messaging with them Mm -hmm. and I'm communicating with people by email at different stages of production and doing comedy and performing. There's a lot. And I just can't like I'm very strict with my use of communications with social media. Mm. Like I'll not be available all the time it's healthy i i need it mm. and even though just doing that there's a kind of culture where people expect instant answers like somebody will fucking send me a message at like 11 o'clock at night and then i won't answer them until maybe the next day mm-hmm. and before i even look again it's like question mark question mark mm-hmm. did you see this mm. I'm like to chill the fuck out bro <laughs> like relax
1: i mean i think from the outside, I think taylor Made looks like a much larger company than it actually is, mm. uh, and I also get messages. From, there are there are people that message me at three o'clock in the morning on a Sunday, yeah, of course. and they expect you to respond immediately. And I'm like, mate, I'm I'm one person, yeah. and I also deserve days off,
0: yeah, for sure,
1: and also like. W- why do you think that I need to answer you about what donuts we have the next day at three o'clock in the morning on Sunday? I'm guessing they're just drunk and they're just really excited.
0: I'm for sure. They're <laughs> like, Oh, we're going to get donuts tomorrow. Check it out. What do we got? Oh, it's my favorite going to be there. Yeah. Am I going to stay up all night? Yeah. But I
1: think a lot of people don't realize that it's actually like actually me behind the social media. I yeah. think a lot of people think that I've got a delegated that this, role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's just that's so unrealistic with the way that business is in Norway. Like, yeah. it's a, even though we're, we're 45 people, it's still very small. Mm. So, yeah. 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 Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I had a friend who worked for a, a company that uh, was in the service industry that had several chains. Mm. And she was doing the social media for this company. And the CEO was like very demanding that Mm -hmm. she responds to people all the time, Mm -hmm. almost like no time off. And she has a family and (sighs) a life and no, you have to answer them all the time. Mm -hmm. And then she's just like, fuck this, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Because being available, that feeling of just being available, 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 it's so draining. And if you don't set boundaries Mm -hmm. for yourself, there won't be anything of you left to create the magic that people love in the first place.
1: It's interesting that you say that because, uh, it's one of the reasons why I haven't delegated this job away because Mm. I don't think that I could ever expect anybody to do this job the way that I do and the way that I would like it to be done for, for the feeling that it gives our customers. Yeah. Uh, because you know, that intimacy and that immediacy that I do try to uphold where I can, Mm. um, I think that I could never expect that from a paid employee. No. Uh, and I think it's nice because it does give it the value, like the business has the value of having like an honest and direct voice yeah. from the person who is directly invested in uh, everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just don't think that it could be replicated by a person that's no. doing social media management. <laughs> no,
0: I I don't think it can either. Mm. And you have a look at maybe some, um, celebrities, social media accounts, mm-hmm. and you can tell that it's not them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether they're posting things on like Twitter or Instagram, you just go, that's not you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like
1: it's interesting that you say that because I think that there is a lot of value that we have as people with, brands feeling honest and authentic and you know when something doesn't that we get a little bit of a weird twinge yeah i think it just says a lot about like where we're currently at in the the cultural you know
0: definitely Uh, one more thing though is i do understand how people would get somebody else to handle stuff like that Mm. because then they don't have to worry so much about all of this time that they have to dedicate to communication and then Mm -hmm. they can just focus on whether it's comedy or the thing that they do, because mm-hmm. what what happens with a lot of, you see this a lot with like athletes, mm. uh, is that they'll spend a lot of time doing other things like ads or promos or online and social media, and then they start losing, mm. and then they start like not being able to perform as much because they're just not focused on that one thing that got them to the party. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely understand how some people end up doing that, mm-hmm. but then you it you know you you lose a little bit of the personal thing, but at a certain scale. Mm. you know what i mean like with millions of people or hundreds yeah. of thousands or that you know it, mm. it can be a little can, yeah it can just definitely be a bit overwhelming yeah
1: yeah, you 100%. know i
0: mean you have to be very conscious of how you spend your energy like you have a limited amount of minutes in the day you have mm-hmm. a probably a you know your husband and a family mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. hobbies and interests mm. and sleep and entertainment and mm-hmm. focus on what you're passionate about if you don't get that balance right the whole fucking collapses and you see so many people who get burned out mm-hmm. because they're just doing too much or you get that feeling where i'm stretched thin mm. I'm like oh my god and your body just goes no, now you're sick now you're not doing anything we're forcing yep. you to relax I've, you,
1: I've hit that wall before that's so. the fucking thing mm-hmm. you end up hitting the wall mm-hmm. you know
0: well, that's what they say in norwegian right do treft vegan yeah vegan. and you're like ah i gotta do everything i can yeah. so that wall is so you come close to it but okay i mean that's relax. what that's
1: what happened with my with my first business okay so we opened in 2017 yeah uh, and we opened on young and at the last donut pop-up that we did it was um maybe like three or four weeks before we opened and it was at uh in Tian and mm. Tian startup village um and I think that the the line was like one kilometer long.
0: Oh, that's so crazy. <laughs> and I'd
1: been working through the oh. night. I started at ten ten nine thirty nine thirty or ten p.m. Uh, and I think we made nine hundred donuts all by hand. Uh, oh, that's
0: that's not enough. That's, oh, but
1: that's that's as many as we could make. That's
0: that's one donut per meter.
1: We had <laughs> we had like a limit of the maximum that you could have is four per person. Yeah, and we've sold out in thirty minutes. Yeah. And people were raging, like, yeah. you're doing this on purpose, you're not making enough. And I'm like, I've been mean, a making enough. Oh <laughs> <God.">
0: um, <laughs> that's so crazy. So
1: I thought when we opened that there's no way that we could do more than a, a pop-up every single day. Mm. I'm like we could make fi- we would sell fifty donuts on a on a on a normal day. Yeah. You know, that's that's how many bakery products that people sell in a normal cafe. That's yeah. a, actually a lot. Yeah. Um anyway, so every single day it was a pop up. We, we would make 400 and then we'd make a thousand, like the cap was like a thousand or 1,200, just because we had an extremely small kitchen that we shared with other people. You know, Mm. I just didn't know that it was going to be as big as it was. And so we had a completely new team of people. These people had never made donuts before. Some of them had never been baristas before. I was also roasting all the coffee as well. So running the kitchen, running the roastery, um, helping train the baristas, and I would, I would get to work at 5.30 in the morning and I'd leave at nine, 9 o'clock at night. That's so crazy. And, you know, there were there were nights where um, the shop was filled with sewage because, uh, uh, like, they were doing building in the area and, like, uh, oh, there was a flood. So, there was there was a no. night where I was, like, um, basically just scooping poop with my hands and then had to be in the kitchen, you know, a couple of hours later. Ah. Um, and, you know, Jürgen was going through his own, like, personal stuff at this time. Mm. Uh, and so, he wasn't... He wasn't really around and he kind of said to me, like, I don't think that I can be present. We sat down and he said to me, like, I'm going through this stuff. I I just don't think that I can be as present right now. And I said, you know what, man, I got you. Like, this is it. For me, this is like the culmination of all of these years of work for me. And I said, I will pour my soul into this place. Um, and, and I mean, you can, you can see it when you go there, like this place was built by me. Mm. Um, you know, I, every inch of my, of my life is on every inch of that place. So, um, and you know, I was, I ended up doing like 350 hours a month. (laughs) No, it was, and, and, and just on end and, and going and going and going and my, and my husband was looking at me and I was, I'd lost a lot of weight and I was really like mentally not doing very well. Um, and yeah, I, I just the wall. And I, I said to Jürgen and I also said to my investors as well, I said, I can't keep going like this because I think I will die. Like, I think I will commit suicide because I can't do this anymore because it was never enough. Like customers were coming to me and being like, you're doing this on purpose. And, you know, I would have customers who would, um, we, in the beginning, we had to have a limit because, you know, if we, if we sold everyone, however many they wanted, Uh, we would sell out at 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Like, and so we would say, you know, two per person because we just wanted to make it fair. A guy came in and he was like, uh, there was four donuts left. And he's like, you're going to give me all four of those. And I said, like, you know, the reason why we have donuts now for you is because everyone else, you know, followed the rules. And he's like, well, I've been in here every single day and you've never had enough. Uh, and you need to give me these now. And I was so tired and I just looked at him. I'm like, why are you special? <laughs> like this, I want the next person after you to be able to have a nice experience too. And, and like we ended up having, it's it's one of the few times that I've ever had like a across the counter row with someone just because he was being very entitled and rude. But um, yeah, I just, I was struggling. And, and also I had this idea that I wanted to create a business that would hire people that were neurodiverse because uh, what sorry neurodiverse, like how to be with funky brains, you know, because oh, it's my people. Yeah. Um,
0: neurodiverse. Yeah. I've not heard that before.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, neurodiverse means like many different things, but, you know, people who suffer from mental health issues or, um, you know, people that are on the spectrum or people that have been outside of working culture because they haven't quite found their place <clears throat> that they fit. Mm. Uh, and so I had this, this idea that I wanted to create a space for people like that. Um, because
0: you felt like you were a, mm, like, yeah. like that yeah. or a misfit yeah, ex- or didn't exactly. fit in and so you yeah, created yeah, yeah, that space. I mean,
1: my, my brain was just cobbled together in a, in a bit of a different way, I guess. Oh. Um, and so, yeah, like a bunch of people who hadn't really worked in a long time or, you know, and certainly none of them had made donuts before because, you know, we were doing this for the first time. So um, and for me, I wanted to take the weight off these people and I was like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix everything. And I think what, what ended up happening is that I, I didn't give them enough um, like responsibility. I didn't delegate to them and I didn't give them a sense of control. Mm. Um, And it was coming from a really good place. Like I wanted to make sure that they had a really healthy work day. You know, you do seven and a half hours, you have a big healthy lunch. You know, when you go home, you don't have to think about work anymore. Just because I'd, I'd worked for a lot of people all my life and I felt, like I could do this better, you mm. know? Um, and just what that ended up, I just... So you um, wanted
0: to protect your staff I did. from the burden that you ended up taking on yourself.
1: Yeah. And it, and it almost killed me.
0: Yeah, that's too... Mm. Yeah, that's... Uh...
1: I was an idiot. Like I was just... I just I just didn't do things the right way. So yeah, I, I went to my investors and I went to Jürgen and I said, like, I will not be able to survive if I, if I keep on going this way. And, you know, I'd even said to my... I, I said to my husband how I was feeling and he said this thing is not worth your life, Mm -mm. you know, you've got to walk away. And I said, well, I can't walk away (laughs) because I've built this thing and I'm responsible for it. And it's my life's work and it's my life's dream. And anyway, um, the thing that ended up happening is it's, it's like absolutely grotesque to think about it. Um, Jogan and my investors just got together and they're like, well, you know, if, if this is killing you, then goodbye. Mm. That that's
0: it so they didn't recognize everything that you they had done had led up to that point they
1: didn't care they didn't care it was just like the job's done you're completely depleted we've used what we need from you
0: that's so fucking we've, gross it's
1: fucked yeah it's, and you know i think it's a little bit of me being australian as well and they're, they're all norwegians yeah is like okay we'll just take that good f- good for you and oh, so, um, shit. they tried to hand me, like they tried to, they tried to fire me. Yeah. Um, it's so funny. Like they were trying to get me out, g- give me the obsigus, sir, mm.
0: um,
1: by the end of September or something. And my lawyer, cause I had to hire a lawyer, you know, um, like the, the lawyer was like, um, if I was you, don't be at home today because they're sending someone to try to give you this So He's like, be somewhere where no one would expect you to be. So like me and my husband were like running around all of Oslo, just trying to not be at home until midnight at the end of September. <laughs> it was like, honestly, this is, this experience was one of the most bizarre in my whole life. This, this case and this um, whole situation. And yeah, it was just also I'm, i feel like i was an idiot i was so naive yeah. i was like i'm gonna give everything because i trust everyone mm. and you know there was no agreements we hadn't there was no contracts it was just a shit show Oh,
0: okay because i was wondering how they could fire you i, I would i assumed that you were a part owner and you had Oh shares yeah. I, and... I, all of this i yeah. was all
1: of this absolutely um but what's r- super interesting is that um with the cafe, we'd decided on a 20-20-60 split. So the investors, because they had the the, the building, they were like, you know, we're going to take care of all of the administration and blah, 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 blah. And uh, like of this cafe that we were building. Uh, they'd said early on that they weren't interested in the donuts because they said it wasn't going to work. Then they saw how well it was going with all the pop-ups and stuff. And they were like. You know, I, I think that we should just like amalgamate the, we, we went to the, me and Jürgen and um, Jürgen said like, Taylor has built most of this. Uh, I think that the split we decided on was like 70-30. Mm. So he had 30 and I had 70 of this business that I called Frib, which is like joy. Mm. Um, anyway, the investors came to us and said, well, you know, I just think it would be more tidy. If we just amalgamated the donuts into the cafe. gotcha. And you know, back then, I also didn't think that this was going to be as big as it was. Like who knew that it was going to explode into this huge national trend? Like it just, it didn't look like, I thought it was just, just a neighborhood cafe. And you know, I just thought it would be, I would make coffees in the shop every day and it would just be very lovely, quaint, lovely, calm, awesome. Mm. But they knew, they knew, they knew um and so it was amalgamated into the business and and we didn't have contracts like i didn't have a working contract and oh, and when yeah. Jürgen came to me with the contracts he's like don't you think it would be really really funny if inst- if we had joke titles on our contracts like not real titles like joke titles and so on my work t- contract that he gave to me in in february 2018 so Many months, like this is years after we started the business and also many months after we opened, the title on my contract was Browner of Beans.
0: Oh my God. Isn't that fucked? Yeah. And
1: I mean, the reason why I, because when we started, uh, the, the way that the law works in Norway is that if you run a company in Norway, in hospitality, I'm not sure if it's every company, but it's certainly in hospital, you have to have something called Etablierpreven. A ta- a, a, a hmm. Uh, but the, the test can only be taken in Norwegian. Okay. You cannot take it in any other language. And he said to me, of course you would be CEO if you had enough Norwegian to take this test, Mm. but because I'm Norwegian, I'll take the test and we agree between us. Mm. We're both CEOs. Mm. We're both CEOs. We make the decisions together. But you know, when it came to it in this bullshit, he was like, of course I'm CEO. Yeah. And you're a browner of beans. Oh,
0: he pulled that card. I'm
1: not even shitting you. It's crazy.
0: Wow. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he used the title, the joke mm-hmm. title against mm-hmm. you legally. They brought it
1: with the lawyers in the room. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah.
0: then like on paper, you didn't have a leg to stand on because he was the CEO officially and you were the browner of beans. You got stuck with that bullshit title that they ended up fucking you over with. That's ridiculous. It's crazy. That is treacherous. It's treacherous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's. Uh...
0: I'm sorry you had to go through that. I'm really sorry that you had to experience that. I
1: think the thing that sucks the most is that I think that there is so much value in being soft Mm. and there's so much value in being kind and there's so much value in having trust and faith in people. Absolutely. And I, and I hate that this situation happened and it stripped away that those things for me. Yeah. Because I, I have you heard of this concept called like radical softness. It's like allowing yourself to be vulnerable, um, even though the world is is can be a brutal place, I the thing is I want to retain this that element of myself because I love it. Mm. But I think after going through this thing,
0: yeah, it, it, cre-
1: it created like a scab in my soul. Yeah, and I'm and it makes me paranoid and fearful yeah. of of people wanting to take from you mm. um, because you know these are people that I like. He and I we we're like brother and sister. Yeah. We spent so much of our lives together. Like one of my, my cats got hit by a car and he passed away and we found him the night before like a pop-up and I worked through the night, like tears streaming down my face. And he, he like wrote a song and on the piano and he recorded it and he gave it to me as a gift. Like this is how close we were as, as we were so close to each other.
0: So you never expected it. You didn't see it coming. It's
1: like, you know, and honestly, like, because I'm, no one is without blame in any of these situations. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was a perfect person. I was burnt out and I was, a, I, was I, I was turning into a person that I didn't recognize myself, but I was sick. Like mm, I was mm. like, not well, yeah. you know, you don't consider suicide unless you're very sick. Mm. Um, So yeah, for sure. Like I was not the best version of myself either, but, but certainly like to, to go through that experience and to see someone that you love and care about turn into that. But you know, like, people get divorced like husbands and wives uh, hurt each, each other, other. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly like yeah. this and and you know when we were, the company was very successful straight out of the gate yeah and i think when there is big money involved mm. people go nuts yeah
0: that's the thing the greed the greed takes over the greed. i go, what we, absolutely yeah mm. yeah you know that's that's like uh that's one of those things that i also experienced bullying when i was a kid like a lot of bullying yeah i was really tormented at school yeah thank you and it kind of i never developed that radical softness or a type of softness or trust or anything like that with people Mm. because i was so used to constantly getting abused as a kid yeah and so like i had negative experiences like the one that you went through Mm. like very 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 young Mm. and uh, i still I'm, i'm a relatively trustful person but i'm always like aware of the duality of human nature like the yin and the Yan yeah. like you know this person that I love now I don't know what they're gonna evolve into or what the dark side of their soul could represent and do to me. Mm. but it is uh it, it is like this fucking like shame that people can do such fucked up things to each other. And use money or greed or, I don't know, fucking success to just sp- use somebody up and spit them out and just go, oh, thanks for everything. Fuck you. Like, what the fuck is that?
1: Oh, it's it's horrific. And honestly, like, I, I still go to therapy to this day for mm. everything that happened. Mm. And I... I because I mean the business still exists. It has a different name, which mm. I'm, I don't. I don't like to say the name. No, we're not going to say it. <laughs> um, but it makes my stomach churn mm. to think about it, and to think that they they profit off my pain. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um That's terrible. It's,
1: it's crazy. But you know, I I think I was really really lucky because I walked away uh, with a pretty handsome settlement. Okay, good. Uh, that that helped me found TaylorMade. And, yeah, and you know what allowed me what it allowed me is that I laid the foundations of a very professional company. Yeah. Uh, you know You learn through the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Everything is agreed upon. Watertight contracts, I I think that we have like um a, an extremely professional business. Mm. Um and you know even I invited like oh, a to come in and to to like I wanted them to give me feedback on the business about how I could make it better. Yeah. And they, at the end of it, they said, you know, normally we don't, we don't say stuff like this, but, uh, for a company who was, you know, basically started in COVID, uh, grew so quickly, uh, they've said, we, we are very impressed at, um, how you've, everything is as it should be. Mm. Uh, you know, they said, we don't really see this yeah. very often. Yeah. Um, and they said, you know, it's just, it's like a credit to you. And, and that's the thing, like, sure, my life had to completely implode, mm. you know, my mum, my mum um, actually came to Norway during the, like the last, the final stages of this finance, of this agreement, this settlement, um, just to be on suicide watch with me because it was just so bleak. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing, like there, there's a they could have had a lot of value in destroying me, mm. like completely taking me out of the game would have left a very handsome future for their business, you know? So they did try as best as they could to, mm. to reduce me to nothing. They took their best shot. They did. And they still do. That's yeah. the thing. Like because I've got a pretty public profile in the hospital, hospitality scene, because we've had an impact, like TaylorMade. Has Massive had an impact. 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 Yes you see how our designs have inspired other people and how the way that we approach food and stuff has inspired other people. Um, I don't know. People just have a bit of a target on my back because uh, I also think that I've worked really hard and I deserve what I have because of how much effort that I've put in. Mm. Uh, And people don't like that. People don't like the fact that I have that belief. They're like, you need to be more humble or, and you know, I am humble in a lot of ways, but, I, I am allowed to acknowledge that we've had a really positive impact on Oslo.
0: I think that's healthy too. Oh,
1: you gotta. You like if I, if I don't, no one else is gonna. No. Nah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm. Nah, but it definitely seems like you went through a difficult time and on the, on the flip side of that, ended up creating something that you did in the way that you wanted to do something. And it ended up being, I mean... I don't know, like, you you know, silver lining kind of shit, right? And like, I always think that if you're happy now, everything that you went through is something that contributed to the happiness. You know what I mean? But the the flip side of that is sometimes it breaks people. Mm. And if you go through something and you're not happy now, then that thing, that past trauma, Mm. that ended up like snatching your soul. Mm. But you reclaimed your soul. You know, you got it back, and you grew, and you, you fucking. crushed say that crushed.
1: I'm still working on it, man. It's like <laughs> yeah,
0: it's it's easy for me to say yeah, you know, just based on the external success mm. that I've seen of your company and having mm-hmm. this conversation now. But yeah, I I, I, I I must you know it must have.
1: It's been really really hard. Yeah, you know, and it's uh it's something that never really goes away either, um because they're they're still there and they still have a vested interest in destroying me. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean like i i have it's made me maybe have a little bit more of an understanding about how nothing in life is black and white um you know people are not good or bad they're just people who are maybe caught in a weird situation Mm. um and that's the thing like i i also never take
0: Sorry, that's an interesting view Mm. that people aren't inherently good or bad. No, it's just the situation that they're in forces them to do something. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And like now that I have this belief, I also understand that whilst Jürgen did some um, like reprehensible things, there's something that's gone on that's made him do that. Mm. And I like I don't I can't live my life hating anyone. Do you forgive him? Um, I did send him an email like a couple like maybe about a year ago saying that like, I would never have what I have now had it not been for what happened. Mm. And I said, um, that I, I wish him all the, like, whilst it's, it's, I don't ever agree with anything that happened. I also still wish him all the best. Mm. Um, you know, I don't think that he would have the life that he have if, if it wasn't for me. And no. I, 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 I hope that he acknowledges that, you know? Yeah. He sent me back a message saying, I'll never forgive you. It was the worst time of my life. And I'm, but that's the thing. This is why I go to therapy. I, I can't walk around with um, despising anybody because all it does is hurt me. It's it like It eats
0: you up from the yeah, inside. It's
1: like holding a piece of coal. Yeah. If I hold on to that, the only person it hurts is me, mm. you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, like even I, that's what's really hard is if you think about this concept of like, nobody's inherently evil. It's just people do bad things. Uh, you, you have this uh, empathy for almost everybody. Yeah. Like you could take it as far as like, fuck, Hitler had a really bad childhood. Something really terrible must have happened to him for him to be that way. Yeah. Um, and not that I'm a Hitler no, no, apologist. No, no. I, know, I know what you mean. But do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm just taking like the most extreme example. Um, uh, and, and Hitler just, probably
0: thought he was doing the right thing. Oh yeah, whatever. I mean, I, mean you, I don't know. The mental Fuck. that's the thing. In his Every, head, he would justify th- everything.
1: Everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing. Yeah. Because of, like the mental gymnastics that you can do. And and once you have that like enormous empathy for everybody, yeah. I, I mean my therapist tells me that I should um, be a little bit more of an asshole to people because I'm I'm way too forgiving to everybody. Yeah. Um, but that's a
0: self serving philosophy to be forgiving as well. Because mm-hmm. like you said, you can't hold on to that call. No. But it seems like you understand what people are capable of. Mm-hmm. Protect yourself against it. Be trusting. Be open. But you know, trust but verify. All that kind of shit, right?
1: Just get your contracts in order. Yeah, that, that's the thing. As long as everything's agreed uh, agreed on beforehand,
0: mm.
1: everything is fine. I think like play lay the rules of the game out yeah. and play the game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, one one thing that when when you were like recently talking, I, I thought like. You know, you hear that expression, hurt people, hurt, hurt people. people. Mm. But it seems like even though you got hurt and now you're in a position of power within your business, you're mm. doing everything you can to make sure that people don't get hurt. I also hurt
1: people though too. Because like, as I said, I've got like a, a spicy brain. Mm. Um, sometimes I do and say things without realizing what I've done and said. Oh yeah, um, yes. You know, I wouldn't say that I'm like on the autism spectrum, but I would say that I'm like, just sometimes like, what's happening in here is different to what's going on outside mm. and you know i'm i i own the mistakes that i make and and you know i try to apologize if i do the wrong things and the thing is you cannot have a team of 45 employees and be perfect definitely in, in not no way yeah and also i think the the other interesting thing is that a lot of people might know me from social media and you have a little bit of this um i don't know if you heard of this concept oh what's it called um parasocial relationships never heard of it um so it's the idea that like if you see somebody on social media you have you think that you know them yeah. you have this intimacy with this person so some of the people who have come to work with us um they have this parasocial relationship with me and they think that they know who i am and they have this they project their ideas of who i am onto me Yeah. and then when i don't meet those expectations and i'm not perfect yeah uh, then it kind of like destroys this image that they have and it it, for for me the people that have had the best success in tailor-made are people that have never heard anything about the company before and that they come and they work with us and they're like holy shit this is a really great place to work yeah um but it's they need to come with zero expectations you know
0: that's such an interesting concept parasocial
1: it's interesting that you've never heard about it considering your own profile like
0: well you know when i meet people that say that they listen to the podcast I never even think about how much they must know about me Mm -hmm. and like how much, you know, I say that they must form their own opinion about. Mm. But I also think it is a bit different with the podcast because, I mean, I'm doing, you know, two or three episodes every week for hours and hours Mm -hmm. and hours and hours Mm -hmm. and hours. So maybe like the representation of me is easier for them to grasp than seeing a picture or like a post or something like that. Mm. But yeah, wow, that's parasocial. I guess that's fucking new phenomenon
1: it's wild and yeah. i mean even i get it with some people yeah like you meet them in person and you think like oh, that's what they say it's ne- different.
0: never meet your heroes that's what i've yeah. heard but i have yeah. met a few heroes and they yeah. be fucking awesome
1: <laughs> that's, i'm really glad that you've had that experience i but have i think you know being a woman as well puts another layer on top of it of, of like you know that you're just expected to take care of everyone else's needs before your own mm. and i think going from what i've done before to what i'm doing now like me having boundaries and delegating, oh, so important. And you know, I I have to put my life jacket on first sometimes. All um, the time. Yeah. All the time. Well, I mean, sometimes as a, as a boss, you have to make sacrifices, unfortunately. But yeah, um,
0: I understand. Mm. I understand. But you know, the uh, put your your mask on. I guess it has to at a certain point. Do you know what I mean? Yep. You got to like you got to make sure that you're okay for everybody else to be okay. You can't sacrifice too much of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Shit. What a fucking journey. That's crazy. And, you know, like one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about Mm. was the entrepreneurial journey. Because Mm -hmm. it's very romanticized. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like, you know, they think of Steve Jobs or, you know, the guys that created Spotify. And Mm. before you understand how many obstacles are in the way to creating success yeah you don't truly understand what is necessary to go through in order mm-hmm. to accomplish something mm. it's very 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 unexpected yeah and difficult to get where you want to go mm-hmm. the path isn't always clear
1: I think it's it's just pure stubbornness to be honest mm. it's it's like this never give up I'll be able to figure this out uh don't take no for an answer kind of kind of thing Mm. and you know like what people don't see is you know the the almost destruction of my marriage Mm. uh you know because you have to prioritize work and that means that you shift your priorities from home and you know i'm 34 i've been married for eight years and we don't have a kid and there's a reason why we don't have a kid you know
0: because the store's your kid it's
1: like sac. you have to make these sacrifices right yeah um and i i think that everybody wants what i have but nobody wants to do what I've done to yeah. get there. Like it, yeah. the, the price that I've paid is very, very high.
0: Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die.
1: Mm-hmm, 100%. Mm. And the other thing as well, like one of my mates, uh, she owns uh, this health, like beauty healthcare business. She said, oh, you know, sometimes I talk about you uh, and, my, and the, the clients say like, oh shit, Taylor must be like, where's her yacht? You know, dude, if I want to <laughs> break down, how much my hourly salary would be, especially because from 2015 to 2017, at the December 2017, so two full years, I almost didn't get paid. Like all the money that we made went back into the business. Mm. And then when we opened in 2017, we did like 8 million Norwegian in the first year, but I was getting paid 350,000 to do those 350 hours a week yeah um you know if i want to break down how much i've actually like now i'm getting okay money but Mm. it's not great it's for the for the work that i do it's not great
0: yeah
1: Uh, because i don't set my salary the board does you know and and i'm realistic of like running a hospitality business in this climate right now Mm. you don't make money like that's the thing everyone's like oh you know you use it's 49 kroner a donut like you must be making so much money but you have to like somebody has to make these donuts and I want to pay those people fairly. Mm. Somebody has to sell the donuts and I also want to pay them fairly. These stores are really beautiful. That doesn't happen by accident. No. <laughs> um, you know, we use the best quality ingredients in everything Yeah. and it means that you, there's just this tiny little cream left on the top and then you want to reinvest that back into the business. And yeah. yeah, I'm not sitting here making, making the big bucks. It's just, I'm building a business that will hopefully be future proof. Like, yeah, um, but I think it's
0: really important that you say that. I think it's really important that people understand like how much money has to get reinvested into oh, yeah. something to create growth.
1: I mean, I can tell you just the other day, um, the, something was happening with the coffee machine and we had to call out a tech to fix the coffee machine. 11,000 kroners later. That's like a whole day's trade. Wow. You know, and, and these are things that, you know, the the individual who's buying a latte is not thinking about. No, no. no. Um, but they it, it comes up it mm. crops up out of nowhere yeah and um and you know you you have to make these decisions okay am i gonna spend that money to fix this thing or are we gonna find a workaround around it it's like yeah it's so incredibly unsexy <laughs> yeah
0: yeah but again i think that's why it's so important to do something that you love and something that you're passionate mm. about because the reward isn't financial really i mean no. Financial success is a byproduct of you being able to do something that you really, really, really love.
1: Absolutely, and it's cool that I that I have like a livable salary now. Mm. You know, we, my husband and I, we bought, um, like he he owned the place that we lived in, yeah, and then we bought together in twenty twenty, yeah, and that was the first time that I've ever owned property before.
0: Wow. You know? Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, but you know, I have no pension because I've done so many years of not earning anything. Yeah. Um, and you know, these are these are sacrifices that people just don't think about, you know, and I have to think about when I'm 65, okay, what does this look like Mm. after that? So, but yeah, as I said, everybody, everybody wants what you have, but they don't, they don't, I don't know. And it's, and it's so hard as well, because like so many all over Norway, Mm. so many people are co-opting my ideas and my brands and it's everywhere.
0: Yeah. I've seen it a lot.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, And I had to pay the price for it, mm. and now that they can just like reap the benefits. And uh, you know, I think uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, but but it also does annoy me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it must. Yeah.
0: Shit. Yeah. Damn, you had a fucking roller coaster adventure in Norway, haven't you?
1: It's true. And uh, you know what? I I just hope that. I've made this place a little bit nicer. Like I've left it better than I found it. That's kind of my, my goal. So. Yeah.
0: I think you definitely have. I hope so. Yeah. You know, you're not finished yet. No. Not even close. No, I can no, imagine. No, no. Shit.
1: I want to have a sleep though. I want to have a good nap. Yeah maybe have a little bit of a holiday and then yeah. I'll come back and give it another go. Yeah. You need to have <laughs> holidays.
0: You got to go, you got to get, get some time out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you've definitely made no way better place. I mean, I, I mean, just from my experiences of visiting your store, it's mm. a treat. Like it's a, okay. You know, if your kids are good, we're mm-hmm. going to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the experience that I get when I go into tailor-made, I think is everything that you've worked so hard to try to create. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I love, I love what you're doing. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. A Thanks huge so fan. And not just of the Vegemite Scrolls mm, either. Mm. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome. I appreciate you so much for saying that. So oh, A lot of love has gone into it. So if people see it, that makes me happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Holy shit. Um, is there anything else you want to say? Maybe we can, like, you got any, like, do you want to just, what are your plans for the future? Plans for the future? You have three stores now. I'm writing a
1: book oh! right
0: now you writing a book. Yep, you I should can't... write a book. That's thanks, great.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I think that the topic of the book is is a little bit about like what we've just been discussing, but condensed, and then have some nice recipes alongside. Oh, um, oh
0: wow! Is it um, like a cookbook combined with experience kind of exactly. thing? Exactly. It's huh. it's a little bit
1: about like um, I've got a weird brain, but I was able to do something cool. Mm. Uh, here's a recipe for pancakes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one but yeah, yeah. that's crazy mm. shit
1: Yep. so that's that's next and then just trying to find time to sit down in front of my computer and, and write that um, right now we're working on a big range of savouries mm. uh, so sausage rolls, pies like those type of things because oh, nice. nobody's done it here. No. Nobody's done it. And Thank f- you for doing that, oh, by the my, way. My God, I, I just, it's its purely selfish. I yeah. want it just for myself. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: good. That's great. I know there was a guy in Kristen's who was doing meat pie and sausage yep. roll runs, Yeah. but he was coming like once every two or three months or something. And this is the
1: thing, like I think he was making really good stuff, but yep. I want to be able to make it every single day. And honestly, my dream is like if I can have them inside 7-Eleven. Like, oh, because, wow. you know, in, in Oz, yeah. they're in Seven Eleven, and it's just such a good, like grab and go food. Yeah. So for me, I think that's my next little project and we're making some good headway on that. Oh, I can't wait. I can't good. wait.
0: <laughs> Cause you know, I, I, I talk to my friends and mm. I'm like, ah, you know, like you want to get a pelsa at Seven Eleven? Mm. I don't want a fucking pelsa. I want yeah. a meat pie. I want I a I sausage mean, roll. I yeah. They go, what's a meat pie? I go, you've never had a meat pie.
1: We're gonna change their lives. It's gonna be great. I think you're gonna do it. Yeah. I think you're gonna do it. I have the stuff. It's in the bakery. I've been working on the pastry recipes. It's just about making it like um getting it into production. Yeah, it's, okay. It just takes some takes some effort. Wow.
0: So. so you're you're like with with the meat pie sausage rolls, you're gonna have them at tailor made mm-hmm. yeah. and you're gonna try to get them into other stores eventually.
1: If we can get the price down enough that it would be attractive for for 7-Eleven. That's a whole
0: new market. That's a whole... So you're going to basically do with meat pies and sausage rolls what you've done with donuts. Hopefully. Wow. That's a game changer. I
1: mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Are are you afraid of failure?
1: No. Good. I mean, I've failed so many times, so... Mm. (laughs) Like, yeah I failed in the most spectacular way that you could. Yeah. I failed so publicly like yeah, so I mean everyone has a has an opinion about me yeah, and I I have to just keep on surviving like if I would let the weight of that crush me, I would already be dead, honestly. yeah Fuck. but I've gotten pretty close too, so yeah like, I know the Norwegian mental health care system very well. I so. bet you do. <laughs>
0: But I think that attitude of not being afraid to fail is probably one of the most essential attitudes that Mm. a human being can have Mm -hmm. because so many people are crippled by an anxiety of not being able to succeed Mm. that they don't even try. And then you've beaten yourself before the world has. Mm -hmm. And to me, I I think that's probably the scariest situation that a person can find themselves in when it comes to their future.
1: I was talking to my mom about this the other day and I said, you know what? even if everything went tits up now, I could still walk away and said I did great Mm. because I've literally had just like some of the biggest impact that I could imagine, you know? Mm. Like when I was working for Tim, when I left, he said to me, like, I know whatever you do, whatever you go on to do is going to be great. Um, And I think that I have built, uh, like the reason why I didn't want to just do another coffee business was because I didn't want to just take what Tim did just do it a different way. Yeah. I wanted to do something completely of my own that had my own soul in Mm. it. Um, And yeah, I just, I feel like I, people meet me sometimes and they're like, Oh, you're a donut lady. You know, when the people would say to Tim, oh, you're the coffee guy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I, made my own thing and I made my own mark and I am my own person. Yeah. Um, somebody took a photo of me on the tram the other day and I'm like, whoa! I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, call me a celebrity. Like, what's going on? It is
0: funny that people call you the donut lady. Yeah. Because when I was talking to people about like who I'm going to have on the podcast mm. next, I go, she's the donut queen of Norway. That's... That's what I know you as. It's very surreal. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. You
1: know, and the whole Yontaloven thing, like I don't feel super comfortable calling myself the Donut Queen, but if they want to call me that, then
0: (laughs) go for it. Yeah, nice. But yeah,
1: that's maybe what the title of the book is going to be. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, That's a
0: great title. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah. One last thing. Um, Do you have any advice for people listening that want to start their own thing that you could tell them, from your experience?
1: Absolutely. Um, I taught somebody named Nico who owns a cafe in Paris called Hollybelly. Belly. Uh, he and I met when we were both living in Melbourne and he really desperately wanted someone to teach him how to make coffee. It's very hard to get your foot in the door in Melbourne because the level of quality is very high. So to be a beginner is quite challenging. Uh, and yeah, he came and we made, I taught him how to make coffee at Duchess of Spotswood um, a place that I was managing before I moved to Paris. And he, Holly Bell has, Holly Bell has gone on to be this revolutionary game changer in Paris. Like they completely reimagined breakfast in France, lines out the door of both of their shops all the time, all day. It's incredible. It's an incredible business. Um, and when I met Nico, the thing that he said to me was that just don't talk, don't just talk about what you're doing. You actually have to do it. Like just do the thing. If you, if you've never done, no one's done the thing you've done before. Just do it. And that's the thing, there's never gonna be an answer, or you're never gonna feel 100% ready. There's never gonna be a roadmap exactly for the thing that you wanna do. But you figure it out. Every time there's ever been a problem at TaylorMade or even in the business before, you just, because there's no one else to do it, you just figure it out. And people think to, of, of me at work of like, oh yeah, Taylor can solve all the problems. It's like, yeah, because I don't have a choice about solving problems, You just gotta solve it, you mm. know? And anyone can do that. Literally, that you don't have to have a special skill. It's just being um, being stubborn, being obstinate, and um, yeah, anyone can do anything. Honestly, uh, if if you have the will and the drive, you'll figure it out. And yeah, this is this has been the biggest motivator for me in my business is like seeing how many things that I could just obstacles that I could just overcome just out of pure perseverance. Mm. Yeah, it's. And anyone can. I'm not special. That's the thing. I'm not special. I just didn't give up.
0: Yeah. Mm. I think that's fucking pretty good fucking advice. Yeah. Because <laughs> nice. there's always going to be obstacles mm-hmm. and you're always going to have to solve problems. Just don't let the problem stop you. Exactly. Just solve the solve this mm-hmm. one and there's another one. Keep yep. solving, keep solving, keep solving.
1: The sewer explodes. You just clean it up and keep going. Yeah. Like it's
0: fine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for being a guest on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me this was a really fantastic conversation
0: so. it was fun yeah. and i got to learn so much about you and about what you're doing and what you've been through and about you know every everything around what you're trying to create and if anybody's listening tailor-made donuts are insane they are so good like they are so 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 good um do you just want to like tell people where the stores are
1: yeah sure thing so we have three shops uh one up at lillogård uh, one down at Bispavica, which is right by the Monk Museum, uh, and one inside Polaire. And then uh, maybe December, January uh, is going to be César Vest, down on the west side. Uh, I my favorite one is actually our first one at Lilo Goy. It's so cozy and comfortable. But in the summertime, to go like swimming down at Bispavica, it's uh, it's a magic little place by the sea. So
0: perfect. <laughs> and I. I love the Vegemite scrolls. So <laughs> if you if you're, if you're, if you 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 like Australian culture and you want to try something fucking Aussie as shit, hook up a Vegemite scroll. The donuts are delicious too. Yeah.
1: We yeah. also make very, very good coffee as well. Like we, we roast all our own coffee and, yeah. and that's kind of my my wheelhouse actually. So
0: <laughs> yeah, the donuts grab a coffee just kind too. of came
1: second. <laughs> yeah, grab a yeah. coffee. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you so all much. All right. See you later, everybody. Mwah.